Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Now, longtime listeners, fellow conspiracy realists, you know we always say that you are the most important part of the show. You're the reason we're able to do this. And we like to put our money where our ears slash microphones are by sharing your stories with your fellow listeners. We have a lot of stuff to get to uh, for some scheduling reasons. We actually held off on some things, but we think you're going to enjoy this week's segment. Uh, We're going to learn some insights from Earth Shaman, We're going to get a lot of responses to a a two-part episode that we've done. Before we get into that, we're going to address a question that many people, your faithful correspondents included, have had about the end game of the Roe versus Wade decision by SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, You are not the only person who is wondering what the ultimate motive is. 
As a matter of fact, uh, we have been hearing from a lot of our fellow listeners on just this question. And Noel, I think one that really stood out to you and us comes from Poppy Hot Dog. God, I love Poppy Hot Dogs. Yeah, they're so, so good. It's a good one. Names. Classic nickname. Yeah, just dive right into it. I mean, it really, it's something that I think we've all discussed uh, in some shape or form off air, maybe not so much on the show. Uh, it's such a divisive topic, um, but it deserves some conversation unpacking um, outside of just the kind of surface reasons why this might be, what might have been a uh, priority for the, uh, for the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, Poppy Hot Dog. Hey guys, just want to start off by saying everyone involved in the show does an excellent job and I have loved listening for the past couple of years. I grew up in Alabama going to a private Christian high school and have spent many hours arguing with some of my best friends about abortion and many other topics. I am 25 now and still friends with a lot of these guys because I respect their opinion that it is a life they are ending. Regardless on your belief in that, I do not think the people in D.C. give a sh about ending a human life, even if they believed that to be the case. I believe the reason Roe versus Wade was overturned was because the population growth rate has begun to decline around the entire world, specifically in the U.S. In order for capitalism to work properly, the population must grow constantly at some specific value because the top 1% or whatever need to have people at the bottom to make money from and rich people will always find a way to get an abortion if they need it done. The more negative people feel about capitalism, the less votes the Republican Party gets. And I say this as some who is very middle ground politically and a fan of capitalism. It is in the Republican Party's best interest that people want free market uh, because that is what gets them votes. This is why I believe that it is the opinion of many of them that we should ban all forms of birth control and a very rare example of politicians cutting into pharmaceutical profits. While I believe abortion should be up to the individual receiving it and probably their spouse if applicable, I do understand the argument from some people that it should be illegal because you're terminating a life. However, I cannot understand the opinion of someone who is willing to take away rights in order to help an ideology or economic system. Would love to hear what you guys think. Thanks. Poppy hot dog. Um, ma'am, some very, yeah. uh, salient points there that I think we've Spitting all fire, thought about and yeah. And, and discussed, um, Specifically, I, I really appreciated the uh, pointing out of the very rare instance of the Republican Party or just of government in general trying to cut into the profits of pharmaceutical companies. That's pretty. That's, it is. It is very rare. Isn't pretty exceedingly never rare. gonna happen. Never going to happen. Birth control is not going to be outright banned on a federal level. It's just it's. It's not going to happen. And you know what? I would not be surprised if a lot of politicians performatively arguing for a move like that also know it's not going to happen. It could happen in maybe some states, right? But uh, I think that would also be short-lived because of the backlash will be involved. I think it's a really interesting point, though, Noel, Poppy, about the uh, about the idea of growing a population. I want to shout out again that excellent quote about caring about the unborn and then forgetting about them once they have entered the mortal world. You're talking, Poppy, about what is usually called sort of the population replacement rate. Uh, this is the fertility rate you need overall to maintain, not necessarily grow, to maintain the size 
of any given population. And it's a very simple number. It's 2.1 children per birth giving person, right? This is the level you need. Again, not to grow, but to, to keep on keeping on. Right now in the United States, that that number is 1.9, which explains what you pointed out earlier, Poppy, why the population is decreasing, right? And we know that there is a pattern that occurs. Uh, the pattern is usually this. The more developed uh, and economically successful a country becomes, the lower the birth rate becomes as a rule of thumb. The only issue with this, and I agree with it, I want to hear what you guys think. The only issue with this is that it describes a great deal of intelligence and long-term strategic planning to the political class, which typically thinks in terms of two to four to six years timed on election cycles. This is a payout if, if they are trying to create more people and then naturally to keep those people poor. This is a a multi-generational payout, meaning that you might not see the benefits of that plan until well after your political career has ended. And then, of course, the, the argument, I'm thinking out loud here, the argument against that is that these politicians are pursuing the wishes of their largest donors, right, of the kingmakers and business tycoons can wait. 18 years. Maybe. Yeah, I see your point, Ben, but I also think that they're pursuing their own interests. I mean, you know, what happens when your career in politics is over? Uh, You're you're obviously feathering a nest in some way, shape or form, whether, you know, you do it uh, overtly and and brazenly as some or it's a little more, you know, hidden in the pork, as they say. Uh, You know, the things they kind of slip into bills, because I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, all these politicians, no matter how benevolent they may seem, they're in it for themselves. I think Uh, they're in it. And again, not all of them. And I'm sure some people have a lifelong, you know, desire to to serve the the public and to actually, you know, be a valuable member of a lawmaking Mm -hmm. body and and the the desire to, like, help their, their fellow humans. But I think a lot of times the people that are compelled to do the things that it takes to get to those positions are often not necessarily doing it out of sheer, you know, uh, charity. Um, so mm-hmm. to me, this argument makes sense. I'm not saying that Democrats don't like making money, too. I mean, I honestly think sometimes the difference between the two parties is a lot less than we think, and a lot of it's more pageantry than it is actual functional reality, you know, and I think they're kind of after some of the same things, uh, and it's all just kind of like hey, we have to have this this tete-a-tete in order to like create conflict so that we kind of ignore the fact that what's actually going on is we're all sort of being screwed by both parties. But, you know, I do see the long game of like, you know, putting in at least something while not outright banning abortion, something that will make it more difficult for poorer people to get one, therefore making it more likely that they will have an unwanted pregnancy uh, and an unwanted birth that will then go on to become another poor person. That can be exploited much more easily than someone uh, with access to education and who was wanted. And I'm not saying that all people of lesser you know, means or less of the lower income tiers are bad parents. That is absolutely not true um, at all. But it's certainly perpetuating a system that does tend to create, you know, folks that are going to grow up to be drones. Right. Uh, one thing that I have learned about double think 
shout out to Orwell, is that people can become very defensive when their practice of doublethink is pointed out to them. And, and of course, you know, if you want to, if you want to make progress with anyone who has an opinion or perspective different from your own, your job is not to talk until you have listened extensively. Listening is one of the most underrated, most important skills of any human interaction. And a lot of people are just terrible at it. Uh, I've been terrible at it in the past, but the reason I'm bringing up this, this mechanic is because the double think that often applies here is the idea of the idea of not keeping to a continual, consistent definition of pro-life, right? Pro-life, logically, this is just being objective, pro-life would mean not just ensuring that a human is born, but ensuring they are born into a place where they at least get a shot at a life worth living. And to uh, force people to remove their own bodily autonomy, which is uh, uncomfortably adjacent to chattel slavery in that respect, to remove that and then to not follow through on your own self-reported ideology to give those kids a shot at a life worth living means that you are either not thinking through the entirety of what you are purporting to support, or, I argue this is the case with several politicians, you are purposely misleading people for an ulterior motive. That's, I mean, I know that might ruffle some feathers, and I'm not being derogatory nor dismissive of people's ideology. I'm saying an ideology to be worth practicing should be consistent in its structure. And in this case, what we're seeing is unfortunately inconsistent and based more on convenience than it is on conviction. I yield my time. Okay, I, will, I shall take that time, sir. In my opinion, I don't think abortion factors in at all to the growing trend of jobs being lost and people uh, finding themselves in a place where they have less and less money. Uh, I was just, I'm looking at statistics here, looking at the estimated number of abortions that occurred in the United States in, I think, 2019. It's somewhere between 625,000 and 900,000. Um, that's an estimated number. But then if you look at the number of jobs that are being lost at all times due to things like automation, uh, you know, like lower level jobs, right? So somebody who doesn't make a ton of money already, but has a job that gets probably paid hourly and makes enough to almost survive in this crazy economy that we live in, but then losing their jobs due to automation, it's in the millions and it's only getting higher and higher where like if you look at something like Leftronic.com, they've got a ton of statistics over here about the number of robots entering the workforce right now, like two and a half million that are that are currently in the workforce. Um, I feel like we are automating ourselves to the same position, the same place economically and uh, from a population standpoint that we're talking about. And it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not we uh, allow children to be aborted or not for, as a, from a government standpoint. It's a very interesting point, Matt. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. I have to give it some um, serious unless, thought. 
unless the plan is to, you know, as you're saying, and as Poppy is maybe uh, speculating, the plan is to not allow that procedure anymore so that children are forced to be born into not so great situations so that they're forced to find a job for the, the haves, right. <laughs> that would support the Ooh. haves in some way, because ultimately when they want, this is, this is my thing. The motivation would be, you need somebody who makes enough money to be a proper consumer, right. To buy right. the things that the corporate owners, uh, that benefits the corporate owners, because that's Ooh. that's what many of us do. We just prop up all these giant corporations by buying their stuff all the time, nonstop. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying, and I, you know, I'm going to speak on behalf of our fellow listeners, some of whom are shouting at their uh, speakers or their <laughs> or their uh, their phones right now by saying this. This concept of an ulterior motive is. Um, bears a lot of similarity to the argument that certain economic conditions have been tweaked to maintain uh, a ready population of young, poor people with no alternative for success other than joining the military. I, I would say that given, the, given what we know about the human brain and given what we know about the way people tend to react when creating plans, it is entirely plausible that what happened was a kind of feedback loop or slippery slope, whichever analogy you prefer, where one thing changed for a short-term benefit, and then there was a domino effect, since we're just throwing out analogies, which meant that, like, let's say someone knows they're going to make some a killing off instituting uh, student loans, right? One of the most usurious things happening in the U.S. outside of privatized healthcare. And now everybody else who makes a plan on a large scale, on a macro scale, they're not starting from square one. They're starting from square two. The reality of the field has changed. And then it continues as people keep making new plans off a differing baseline. And toward the end, at some threshold, what happens begins to look like, from far away, a very well thought out and coordinated conspiracy. When the truth is, it's just very smart and, you know, not super ethical people reacting to the creations of other people. I don't know the answer folks, but I, I would say that we have to acknowledge that sometimes there's just no one at the wheel. There are many groups who want to be, but there's not one shadowy cabal just yet. Still, it's going to be bad. going to be bad. Removing bodily autonomy in almost any regard is a step towards slavery. That's my opinion. Hey, there you go. And just last statistic here. Uh, according to a 2017 McKinsey Global Institute study, uh, there could be roughly around, as an estimate, 375 million jobs globally lost to automation by 2030, which is just around the corner. Yeah. Yay. Wow, we really led with a downer this time, didn't we? Uh, hopefully we have some of that uh, hope that Ben promised in the last episode we did coming up. But uh, until then, let's take a quick pause. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, whoever they might be. Uh, and then we'll be back with some more messages from you. And, and thanks again to, to Poppy Hot Dog for the uh, very thoughtful email. We'll be right back. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we have returned to this listener mail segment. Uh, yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better in terms of joyousness. But uh, I've got some I've got some good news on the way. We'll see if it makes it into uh, this week's segment. I want to thank everybody who uh, hit me up on Twitter at Ben Bullen HSW or hit me up on Instagram at Ben Bullen, B-O-W-L-I-N, because I went, I went to you folks and asked on behalf of our show the following. I said, recording new conspiracy stuff episodes on corporations buying up U.S. homes. Fascinating slash frightening. Has anyone had a recent experience buying a home or trying to? Would love to share it on air. I'm paraphrasing myself here. And I thought we could just list some of these things, these short responses, and look at some trends in there. And I would love to hear you guys take. So first trend, people getting inundated with flyers, calls, and text messages. 
sometimes uh, after selling a home, sometimes having a, had a home for years, and perhaps most depressingly, sometimes when a relative had passed away. Second common theme, all the stuff we outlined in yesterday's, we did an episode yesterday. So yesterday's episode, Banks Buying Your Neighborhood Part 1. So I just read some of these. You'll notice some recurring fellow conspiracy realists here. Uh, Tall Pockets said, We've recently had flyers left on our door asking if we'd be willing to sell. I've also been contacted multiple times asking if I'd be willing to sell a property owned by my deceased uncle. I can only assume they found my info via skip trace. You guys know what skip trace is, right? I don't actually. <laughs> okay, so uh, skip trace is, is a general term for figuring out where somebody's at. And there are people who do this professionally called skip tracers. Uh, skip tracing, you'll often hear it regarding finding a fugitive or finding a debtor who's tried to ghost on what they owe. Uh, bounty hunters do skip tracing, stuff like that. But what I liked about what Tall Pockets is pointing out is that skip tracing isn't always for criminals. It also has commercial applications. Here is something that I, I think is, is kind of a good story from Couch Spotter over on Twitter. Couch says, I'm in Texas. I have two houses across the street, bought by a company and rented out. We refinanced three years ago for 130 grand, and we have received mailed offers for 250 to $290,000. A ton of uh, people in the area, I think, uh, couch is describing are older people selling to downsize and cash in. That's common in retirement, right? And we see multiple people say what Nate is saying on Twitter. I gave up on the idea of owning a home long ago for a variety of reasons. And so many people said that on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there's a Ben, did you mention couch spotters response about the rent they're charging for those homes, by the way? Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's saying they're renting for twenty two hundred dollars a month, two thousand two hundred dollars, uh, which sounds about right. That's what I'm seeing too, Couch Potter. Yeah, yeah, and we agree with Couch uh, when Couch says it's literally insane and terrifying at the same time. Uh, our good friend, the meme master themselves, Holly says. Homie, I'm trying to move, and a studio apartment is minimum $1,300. $1,300. And let's go to one more uh, tweet here from The Last Black Hashira, who says, bro, it's happening in my neighborhood right now. We got a whole block that are all corporations, and they bought up from 2020 till now. And so I follow up with uh, LBH, and say, you know, what part of the U.S. are you in? Uh, LBH says, Tampa Bay region, it's nuts. They overbid people by thirty-five dollars to $50,000. I bought and built on an empty lot in the hood before anybody gave a shit about this place three years ago. And LBH, yeah. this is something we hear in Atlanta all the time, right, guys? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Let's go international here. Just a few more from... From Instagram this time, uh, we'll call this person C. C writes in and says, not in the U.S., but being outbid constantly was painful. Only got my house because, and I quote, oh yeah, I remember. I think I would have held you as a baby at the funeral. He got caught in the bailer on the main road. 
referring to my cousin's death in a farming accident in 1995 when I was about 18 months old. And yes, the seller was at the funeral and had held me as a baby. I'm picking this example in particular, guys, because I think it illustrates some of the nepotism that we alluded to in part one of this episode. Have you have you all heard stories in, in your own lives of people saying, Phew, I lucked into this house because of a personal connection or some kind yes. of you know nepotistic relationship? Spill it. What's what's up? I think it's less ne- nepotistic and it's more a human connection. If you can actually make a human connection with someone attempting to sell their home before they get, I'm going to use a, a term here, corrupted by by the sparkly nature of a giant offer, twenty to fifty thousand dollars more than what a human could actually pay you. Um, mm-hmm. If you can make that connection you can get a house. I, that's what I'm, that's what I'm finding. <laughs> it's funny you say that, but it's also like, I mean, it's kind of discouraged to, to, to meet the person you're trying to buy a house from or vice versa. That's the whole purpose of real estate agents is to keep that that's, human connection from happening. That's why well, I say know them before. Right? Uh, you could know them before or reach out to them. They're just humans. Everybody's got social mm-hmm. media. It's well, a good the, point. The I, white pages say, is a website. I, I will add, though, um, the first house that I bought many years ago when I was married in Athens, uh, part of the reason we bought it is because we did accidentally meet the owner, and he was this charming older gentleman who was an artist. We really loved his paintings. We loved the fact that he'd raised his family there and his kids there and all this stuff, and the house was kind of a ripoff. Uh, he had bondoed over all kinds of crap on the porch, and there were all kinds of things that were band-aided that the inspectors didn't catch. So I would argue that human connection can go both ways. And you're right. Mm. You're 100 mm. percent right. You're right. Here's a here's another uh, here's another quick update from our colleague, the creator and host of Beauty Translated here on the uh, iHeart Network. Carmen says, "My boyfriend and I spent all summer last year trying to buy a home here in Atlanta. We made about 20 plus offers. We almost always got outbid by a." an investor with cash and about $50,000 over the asking price. We had to start calculating the extra $50,000 into our house buying budget. The homes that we did get selected for didn't pass the inspections. So we had to move on. $50,000. God, God. I mean, I've heard that around 30 is pretty standard, even without uh, having to compete with a, uh, with the developer like that, but fifty just seems uh, heartbreaking. I mean, you Egregious. know, it, 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 so so much of this uh, is the, the power that you have comes from your down payment, and so much of that is a lifelong amount of savings, you know. Or maybe you get help mm-hmm. from family, or who knows? That is such a part of the whole equation. And if you don't have that, then you're helpless. Uh, and then to make it where even people that have done their due diligence and like saved this money and, and done everything right are still incapable of, of winning. It's just, it's going to beat people down. Mm, the number is shocking to me. We're going to find that what's happening is a lot of times uh, institutions, investment entities are paying over asking price by this level because they're not competing with you folks. Not really. 
They're competing with other institutions. And if those other institutions can bring $20,000 over asking price, then of course, the next thing their competitor is going to do is bring 25 to 30. And then the number builds up because overbidding has become normalized. Let's go to one more, uh, our good pal outdoor adventure education. That's what we'll call you. Uh, says, we sold our home in November. We ended up selling it to a friend that they could use as a rental property, so the house was never officially on the market. We did meet with an agent, but never listed, and we had a home inspection done. But for months, we got calls for, we will buy your home for cash. And it was actual people calling us, not recordings. This is what's interesting. It gives us a little look at the uh, process here. Our agent told us it would happen as soon as he started pulling info on the house. So as soon as there is activity, right, in certain databases, then imagine all the, uh, almost like hyenas, right? Imagine all the ears perking up in the valley and running toward the fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, God. It's, it's that way in my house right now, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. The hyenas got that scent. Yeah, I think I mentioned this without talking too much about my own personal life, um, but it was it was very strange when uh, as as soon as my biological mother passed away, I started getting all these correspondences that were just trying to buy my parents' house, and they got the you know they got the ping to make that attempt probably due to public records of her passing, which I think is simply ghoulish. Oh God. Yes. Well, it's sort of like that thing. uh, What was it? Where someone's parents found out their daughter was pregnant because they got some automated piece of mail Mm. advertising for like baby products from target or something like that. You know, uh, it is ghoulish. And, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I mentioned on the last episode, I, I did just buy a house. And the moment that happened, I'm getting all kinds of crap in the mail for mortgage protection, mortgage insurance, this, that, and the other. And some of it is packaged in a way that makes you think it's like a legal correspondence from the government and that what they're selling you is like required by law. And it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. All right. I know I said one, uh, one more, but this is one more more. There you go. This is our encore for this. This is a report coming from our friend Joe in Canada, in Vancouver, British Columbia specifically. Now, we did a number of years ago, I think, uh, we looked at the housing crisis in different metro areas of Canada due in large part to foreign investment, right? And I think we were as fair as possible in that episode, uh, but with a lot of Canadian contacts that I have made uh, through this show and through other pursuits, I found that there is a housing epidemic at this point. So here's what Joe says. Joe says, laugh out loud. Living in Vancouver, BC, and my war story is, quote, are you young and not a millionaire? Don't bother. And then Joe says, detached houses are going for 300 to 600 thousand dollars over asking price even if they are absolutely trash no subjects no questions just bidding wars 
he says now the tactic by realtors in uh, in Vancouver is to list low to incite bidding wars, and then if they don't get the results they want, they pull the listing, wait a second, and relist higher. And even in unfavorable markets, says Joe, the average price for a detached home has creeped up to well north of 1.2 to 1.5 million dollars. Yeah. What is the detached home 000. referring to exactly? It's a it's a home that stands alone. Like picture a yard. That's it. Okay, got it. Yeah, a just wall. a house. Okay, yeah, got it. It's a yes. house. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> yeah. So Joe has uh, Joe has an interesting anecdote as well that he ends here with. We purchased our 800-square-foot condo four years ago for $420,000, and a comparable unit just sold for $630,000. So even the attached market, right, condos, is crazy here. And then Joe says, townhouses, not sure if you guys call it the same thing down south, are now listing for nine hundred dollars to $1 million. I responded to Joe because... There's a lot of construction here in Atlanta. And if I look out the right window of where I'm recording now, I can see townhomes that are going for 900 to $1 million. And you guys know where I live. It's not the best neighborhood. It's, it's nuts. Um, I just don't know how people can compete. $600,000 over asking price? How is that not another house? How is it? I mean, okay, free market, sure, but like, ah, how is any of this legal? I mean, mean, it is. I know it is, but it's like it's just, it's just kind of run amok, you know. And there's there's nothing in place to protect anybody. Methinks it ought not to be legal, gents. Methinks. Uh, I, I do think there's going to have to be some kind of regulation. Like we, we talked about, well, I don't want to spoil too much. I think it's in part two uh, of the episode, the two part episode that we, we talked about this banks buying your, your home or mm-hmm. fed, hedge funds or whatever. Um, I think, I think regulation is going to have to come through very soon to roll back. Well, <laughs> what they started after the collapse. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we're going to pause. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in and shared your stories. If you have your own story you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. You know how to get in touch with me. We tell you how to get in touch with the show at the end of uh, this week's listener mail segment. But for now, let's pause for a word from our sponsor who, I don't know, who is it? Zillow? Who knows? Uh, and then we'll return with another message from you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. 
You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. All right, and we're back. Oh, oh, really quickly, Matt. I'm so sorry. I just had this thing in mind. I just found it. Um, ben, you were talking about in the last segment about, you know, all these, but we buy houses for cash, you know, signs. Apparently those yellow signs, first of all, are called bandit signs. <laughs> I've never heard that before. And uh, they're illegal and they, you know, basically are like solicitation. But just, just in the interest of talking about how people will just try to put one over on anybody, I started to see versions of signs like that that don't say we'll buy your house for cash, but they say we buy diabetes test strips uh, and as we know that you know medical supplies for folks with diabetes are quite expensive insurance often won't pay for them and they can be in short supply so just goes to show that anybody uh, with the opportunity to make a buck no matter how despicable will do just that have you found anyone that sells ps5s like aftermarket yes I got, yeah, a guy. <laughs> got a guy, got a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the parking lot want... <laughs> <laughs> I think you're only allowed to have one right you mean he'll send me he'll sell me more? Your guy? Let's uh let's talk off air. Okay, okay, cool. I, I want to get uh, on this. <laughs> all right, do I have to pay haptic, full price? I need that haptic feedback, baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Look, okay. there are a lot of ears on us right now, fellas. So Okay, 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 okay. Here yeah, we go. We'll uh, meet up at the HQ after. Ears, well, ears go away. Not I'm just kidding. You should stay. Let's listen to this message we got stop. from Earth Shaman. Why? <laughs> you can just call me Earth Shaman if you want. I had a conversation with the fella earlier today. He happens to do survival training for uh, what we'll call operators. And, um, of course, you know, in, in, in the course of the survival thing, the conversation occurs. Um, you know, what, when is uh, it going to hit the fan? And this individual is told by someone within that community who obviously would have access to a good amount of intelligence. They said that happened a year ago. It's just the shockwave hasn't hit us yet. So they were already making um, preparations to be in a more strategic location elsewhere 
if and when that occurs. So I didn't know there was anything that's been covered recently. I'm kind of new to the show, but I wanted to get your guys' take on it. I think now there's enough information around to probably make some educated guesses, and none of them are nice. But thanks again. Guys, take care. Stay safe. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Earth Shaman, for sending that Ooh. to us, because you know that is just that's that's a whole conversation we're about to have and it's mm-hmm. gonna go dark and that's okay yes. but uh really thank you for having that conversation and then giving us a call and letting us know about it so guys what are your immediate reactions he's correct really yep mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. really i mean <laughs> really it, it depends on how you want to how you want to define this stuff but the you know the world is ending for someone Every day, right? It just doesn't sure. always make the news. Uh, but what uh, depend? I think it depends on what you define as like what is what is the feces, right? Hitting the fan here. Um, if you're talking about economic problems, then it does make a lot of sense because we're talking about the interval between when something can be said to have occurred, right? Whatever that fulcrum is, whatever that hinge moment is, and the amount of time it takes to hit the population, right? In a widely noticeable, commonly experienced way. So by by those parameters, uh, you can think of a tsunami. A tsunami doesn't hit the coast the moment the earthquake occurs on the seabed. It takes a while for the water to roll your way. And in many, in many ways, that is what is happening now. The U.S. is in an enormously divisive time, uh, and the U.S. is, you know, a country obsessed with itself. So sometimes it forgets to look at global trends. There is a rise of fascism across multiple, multiple parts of the world. Uh, there are increasingly restrictive laws uh, policing free speech. I mean, it's yes, it's already so happening. Yeah, let's get into some of those specifics. But I, first, I want to tell you a little bit more about Earth Shaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys know me. I gave gave the Shaman a call. Uh, want to give you some more specifics about what he was stating there. Uh, this is obviously a secondhand story. We know that from what he said. It's a person he talked to who had spoken to somebody else, right? It's a third-hand story, whatever. And so we don't have a lot of specifics. That person wasn't being specific when they talked to Earth Shaman about what that thing was that happened a year ago, but the conversation took place roughly a month ago from today. Mm-hmm. So uh, in June, mid-June, if we're talking about a year ago and we want to really speculate on a thing, an event, or you know whatever this bomb was that went mm-hmm. off that we're going to feel a shockwave from, mm-hmm. it's sometime in 2021. It's okay. what uh, what we're thinking here. Earth Shaman noted that the economic stimulus payments stopped at a certain date. Uh, he mm-hmm. was he was just wondering if that might have something to do with it. Um, we were also talking, you know, we mentioned the instance that occurred on January 6th, 2021. Yeah. Uh, and there are a couple other things. I just want to kind of throw some things out at you guys and see what you think about them. Stuff that happened in 2021. There was the United States rejoining uh, the Paris Climate Accords and NATO. That was one of the major things that occurred. The U.S. withdrew from Afghanistan, which is, you know, if you're thinking about military action and then major consequences to something that occurred, that's a big one. Um, There was 
Oh, what else happened in 2021, guys? I'm trying to think of the other major things. Um, um, there's that one thing. Of earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was that pandemic thing. That was, was old still beans by 2021. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? The major yeah. power outages that occurred in Texas. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Where yeah, like, yeah, the entire grid coming. went down. To me, this is climate change related, you know, and I mean, I was thinking about uh, that stuff and also how like there's a new story that's been going around about the heat waves in the UK, how like planes aren't able to land because like the runways are melting and like people are like dying and homes are burning down. You know, I mean, I think it's the climate change related shoe that we're seeing drop, you know, on the regular. To me, it's got to be civil unrest because civil unrest yeah. is the thing that's going to tear down, like stop everything from working. Consider uh, the source fair. too. This is an operator, and so they're more likely than average to be referring to political unrest. The statistics are there. You know, I was talking with our pal Robert Evans about this uh, a while back, quite a while back. Um, he has an excellent podcast called It Could Happen Here. Do check it out. The issue is that you can see you have to fight your own desire to classify everything as an understandable and predictable pattern. But while doing that, you cannot avoid the similarities in domestic U.S. politics uh, currently. You can't avoid the similarities they bear to the time leading up to the U.S. Civil War, which, again, is just a terrible name because it's very rude and brutish and cruel and nasty. It was very much not civil. But uh, but does this mean that a civil war, an actual war, will occur? Not necessarily. Uh, it does mean that there may be secessionist movements that gain more steam than usual. A lot of times, secessionist movements simply don't have the um, the training and the tactical knowledge that they would need to even stand a chance. And I think one mistake a lot of people make when they talk about the idea of secessionist groups or home-trained, home-cooked militias starting war, they forget that the enormity of the U.S. military and intelligence apparatus it is f-ing frightening and they will rain fire because they do like if there is a serious secessionist, then I guarantee you, unless the military and the top brass are compromised, their approach is going to be cut this off immediately. We'll handle whatever PR occurs afterwards. It's true. Yeah, they're we'll, not playing around. We'll, we'll send uh, flamethrower vehicles into that compound. <laughs> We've seen it before. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, guys, yeah, it, that's definitely my thinking that there's going to be some kind of desperation in enough people because I think we talked about this too. It's, it's related. I really do feel like infrastructure is going to break down due to yes. extreme hot, cold storm, you name mm-hmm. it. And if it breaks down on a wide enough scale for a long enough time, then the people, you know, with the guns, will attempt to get what they need and the people in charge of maintaining order will also use their guns. And that's when it feels like stuff really breaks. Um, and nobody sees themselves as the bad guy in no. this situation. That's, no. that's part, that's important human thing to remember. 
we've also talked about things like water wars and water disputes and how like well, those types migrants. of, yeah, Ooh. climate migrants. And these are all related. I mean, you know, you're going to have climate change issues that result in fires. And then when people get displaced, then they become civilly unrestful, let's just say. And the same thing with like scarcity and, you know, things that we need to survive, like water and food and all of that stuff that's going to, you know, uh, further hit the fan when the other thing hits the fan. Um, it's, a, it's a series of very uh, tenuously placed dominoes. Well, let, let's talk about what Earth Shaman is doing. I'm going to give you a little more context. This is why he had the conversation, and this is why I think he's a very helpful person to learn stuff from. Shaman has military experience, and Shaman also is very good at some survival stuff, like foraging. He's excellent at foraging. He also grows foods. He's a farmer. And he talked to this person that, that he mentions in his call at you know a, a farmer's market where there are a bunch of farmers getting together to sell their wares to other people. And the discussion was, we need to strengthen our ties as farmers because we are going to have our own little microeconomy when yep. the rest of the economy collapses because we'll be able to barter your microgreens for my mushrooms, you know, whatever, your butternut squash for my corn. Um, and I don't know if that just feels like a really smart thing to do, to have yes. those kind of contacts and to have something that is barterable in Ooh. those times. Um, if not to manufacture it, to at least have a, a good amount of something. Yeah, it's a good <sighs> point. I mean, the, because one huge difference between like again, not to be alarmist, but just hypothetically thinking through the difference between a civil war in 2022 versus, or 2023 really, versus a civil war in the 1800s is the prevalence of technology and the dependence upon global supply chains. During the time of the civil war, the U.S. was still uh, in its majority an agrarian economy. That is no longer the case. Uh, and it's it's quite intelligent, I would say, Shaman, to have this sort of self-reliant skill. If you go to the Great Depression in the 1930s in the United States, another terrible name, by the way, because it was not great. It was, you know, it sucked. But, the, <laughs> but they didn't want to call it the sucky depression. Uh, the, anyhow, the, the idea there, what we saw happening was that these micro communities did propagate. They did generate, right? Because you can't afford to buy things, but you still have the same amount of time you had, the only true currency in the world. So you dedicate, you prioritize and reallocate that time to refining and practicing your skills that are useful to that local community. You grow the food and you trade the food and you find out that, yeah, paper money and coins, they're nice, but you can't eat them. They don't even really burn that well if you're trying to start a fire. So there is, you know, it's a it's a philosophical paradigm shift. But it also makes me think of a question that I have for you, Matt, and for you, Noel, and for everybody listening. Because Earth Shaman is an example for the class. Earth Shaman <laughs> has a skill, right? Yeah, so my yeah. question for you and all our all our folks tuning in to this week's listener mail segment is what skill are you working on? If everything falls down, because I'll tell you what, I love what we do here, but I don't think a new civilization 
or a, a new self-sustaining community necessarily needs podcasters. Uh, bard. I'm going to be a bard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, you can just be the leader of whatever group. I would follow you. Um, oh, that's sweet, man. I'm going to bug out, though, real quick. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what I would be able to do, but I bug out, pick things bug out up pretty quickly. Bag. Yeah, you do. It's very true. And you've, you've got some good skills. You can fix a You're car. Super you, can, you can run yeah. a trot line, right? Yeah. I, I will chop as much wood as you could possibly ever need. I will do That's that awesome. for you. Um, <laughs> so this is the last thing, guys. With uh, On the foraging tip, Shaman has some recommendations for everybody just so you can hone your foraging skills if you want to. It's probably a smart thing, smart survival skill for that full bushcraft uh, mm-hmm. badge that you might get one day or you or need a couple apps one's called picture this apparently that one's very popular one called i naturalist from nat geo and another one called seek uh and all three of these you could do interesting things like take pictures of a mushroom that you find or a berry or whatever a plant and you can find out if it's edible how you can make it edible uh those kinds of things and they crowdsource often where there are other people using the app and it has to get verified multiple times before you can like, you know, agree. Everyone agrees that, yes, this this thing is edible or not. It's really, really, really cool stuff. I don't have any of them yet. I, I do have a few. Oh, this is what Shaman said. It gets a little weird when it comes to fungi. So oh, yeah. Mushrooms. Don't mess with them. Don't mess with so, them unless you are with an expert. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to tell with photographs often. So what what Shaman recommends is getting into a Facebook group because mm-hmm. Facebook groups often will respond rapidly, very quickly to a specific question if you are foraging or if it's necessary for you to forage at any moment. Um, that is if there's power and internet still. But a Facebook group can generally respond to you and give a pretty good analysis of a certain mushroom. But again, as Ben said, it's way safer to either be an expert or to be with an expert before you just go chopping on fungi. That's the thing about community. I mean, think of all, think of all the services that you will need to allocate, right? For a true self-sustaining community, even if it's just keeping the lights on in the midterm for uh, a return of rule of law or normalcy. You, a lot of people think about security, right? I want to be the guy with the gun, says someone. The same way that kids on Xbox say, I want to be the sniper, right? It just feels cool, right? And a lot of those folks don't have the training to do so in a reliable and safe way. But if we get past the hype and the fictionalized stories that people tell themselves, then you're looking at things like you need a doctor who can also function as a veterinarian and a dentist and hell, you know, barber too. Why not? Go medieval, have them do the haircuts as well. And uh, you'll need someone who can uh, help rear children. If you have young people, you'll need to have someone who can help with the elderly. If you have older people who aren't necessarily physically able to contribute, uh, you know, in an arduous way, you'll need to have someone who can repair every machine if possible someone with engineering knowledge, uh, someone with chemi- uh, knowledge of chemistry, right? You'll need, you'll need plenty of foragers, like Earth Shaman is pointing out. You know what? Forget it. Matt, Noel, I'm, I'm going to make a spreadsheet. Someone oh, already has perfect. a better spreadsheet, but I think it's time we get this in writing and figure out our team. 
perfect. And make sure it doesn't go all Handmaid's Tale on us. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> that would very much. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be cool if it didn't, right? Okay. Oh, yes. I, okay. Back, I'm back on board. I'm back on board. Um, and would love to hear, also would love to hear the thoughts of our fellow listeners who have pondered this before. Many people have. I've been in contact with a lot of people who have. Um, we get calls about this occasionally as well. And I think it's just important to not think in terms of some hyper-violent, post-apocalyptic action movie. If you want to be realistic about it, you're thinking about food, water, survival, and safety, right? Those, those are what you're really thinking about. And that means that a lot of the skills that are going to be mission critical are not super sexy. They're not the no-scope sniper from some multiplayer Xbox game. They're, they're people who are like, I know how to grow tomatoes, even in this terrible, terrible climate. I That's don't know. nice. Isn't it classic human? It's like a post-apocalyptic situation, but it's boring. Oh, it's no human. It's mostly scheduling. The banality of humanity. Yeah. Have you guys seen the new Resident Evil series on Netflix? Mm-mm. It starts that way. It's like, uh, man, this is so boring doing the research for this post-apocalyptic zombie stuff. That's how it starts. <laughs> or like, or like in uh, unrelated or tangentially related, like in... Uh, that segment in Red Dead Redemption 2, where you're, this isn't much of a spoiler, where you're basically just doing chores. Mm-hmm. Not that's kind of, of a game, right? There's tons of games like that. There's like Office Simulator. There's like <laughs> all like working in a restaurant simulator. There's like, I mean, this is a thing people like, like to do. <laughs> well, in the interest of education, then I propose that we make a realistic post-apocalyptic America survival simulator and we really drive Mm. home the message that a lot of the stuff you need to do is not going to be personally exciting to (laughs) you you know what i mean well and and, in one of the newer fallout games you you are able to kind of build yourself a little structure that you have to you know collect scrap metal to do and honestly that was the most boring part of the game and i never went back to it (laughs) so yeah but we just need to make it to where you have to cut every board you have to uh, form every piece of iron. Nail every yeah. nail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got it. Yeah. Uh, Lord. So what an excellent conversation. No, we went a little bit uh, a little bit long in this week's listener mail segment, but we very much miss doing this. It's one of our favorite times of the week, and we would like you to be a part of it. So follow in the epic footsteps of Poppy Hot Dog, uh, our, all our friends on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and take, uh, take up the page of Earth Shaman and let us know your thoughts. More importantly, share them with your fellow conspiracy realists. We try to be easy to find online. That's right. You can find us on Facebook, where we have a Facebook group called Here's Where It Gets Crazy. You can find us on YouTube, where we have a YouTube channel where every single episode ends up uh, in snippet form. And uh, more to come on that channel. Keep an eye on it. Watch this space, as they say, on the internet. Uh, Both of those, we exist at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram or Conspiracy Stuff Show. Yes, you may also use your telephone and your mouth to leave a voicemail at one eight three three stdwytk When you call in, you've got three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname and then say whatever you'd like. Do include if we can use your voice and message on the air. If you've got more to say than can fit in that three minutes, why not instead pre-order our book? 
Just try it. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. Just give it a try. See if you like it. Uh, if you don't like it, don't send it back to Amazon or Kindle or whatever the hell that thing was that we talked about recently. Don't All do that. Right. Uh, just give it a try. You'll like it. We promise. If you don't want to do that, you can instead send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota dealing with pests can be a pain but relax terminix can help because when pests show up so does terminix with over 95 years of experience they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast if your home or business has pest don't stress it terminix it visit terminix.com to book your appointment online today that's t-e-r-m-i-n-i-x.com Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now.